Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. I thought I would share this now or record it now while it's fresh. And I wanted to share four things that I've learned from the last couple of weeks in business and hopefully how they might help people. And I would say this is one of the reasons that having a mentor that actually runs a coaching business or in fact why not run numerous coaching businesses all with slightly different models so you can learn from every single one of them and from my mistakes as well which is one of the things that the mastermind is so good for like you get to learn not just from my many mistakes but from everybody's mistakes and what is working and what isn't working and what people have tried and just the amount of ideas that you get from people and I can't emphasize enough how much like your environment dictates your performance. You will probably fall to the level of the expectations of the people around you because those kind of social norms and social standards are so easy to like pick up. And I won't go too much on this rant because I'm probably going to talk more and more about it over the coming months, especially with something I'm going to launch in December, but about being average and accepting average and when you look at the stats on what average actually is in the UK like you don't want to be average right let me get up I just wrote about this for something else um what did I find I mean most people are overweight most people are unhealthy most people work in a job that they are not satisfied in and the average salary in the UK is 33k a year Most people are in relationships they don't like because most marriages end in divorce. And then the official, what is it called? Like official national stats or ONS data show that most people in the UK are not satisfied with their lives, right? So why are people aiming for average? And why are you surrounding yourself with average? And why are we seeing like the norm and average as like something we should be conforming to. Anyway, I've gone off topic already. Great, well done me. I'm gonna get to my first point. One, in business, there will always be shit that goes wrong. And there is nothing you can do about that. Even if you think that you've planned for it, something will come out from the side or Stripe won't work or active campaigns will go down in the middle of a launch or like something will happen. And you have to be able to embrace it as it's all figureoutable. This is business. This is how it works. Like nothing ever goes exactly to plan. And if you don't take that approach and embrace that vibe of like, okay, fine, I'll figure it out. You will hate life and you will hate your business or you will hate your life running your business. Take a breath, figure out what's happened and then make an action plan for how you're going to find solutions. And what I'll add to that is one thing that is insanely helpful is having people around you that have the same vibe. Like the last thing you want when you're catastrophizing is someone else to be like, holy shit, what's happened? Oh my God, that's awful. What are you going to do? What you want is someone to be like, okay, yeah, right. Then let's figure out what we're going to do. And I have to say the two biggest pillars for me are, from that standpoint, are Kimberly, undoubtedly, incredible. And Jules, who's just like, yeah, okay, cool, we'll figure it out. Like, her response from, like, shit hit the fan to let's figure it out is, like, the quickest I've ever seen. (laughs) 
mine normally takes like, you know, a few minutes, but I will say still quite quick. I'm going to come on to that in a second, but the two times I've realized that I'm actually quite good at this kind of like take a breath and figure it out. The first one is when I deleted the whole of the AFM course, just sitting there in a coffee shop and I thought, oh, I'm just going to clean up Mighty Networks a little bit. And before I knew it, had deleted the course. And then I was like to Mighty Networks, like, you know, can I get this back somehow? Surely it's saved on your server. Like, is there any way of like, no, 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 gone forever. Like, capiche, goodbye, whatever. So I sat for like 30 minutes with my flatmate being like, I can't believe I've actually just done that. Like, I was kind of in shock. I was like, wow, I have, that's actually happened. And I remember like, I was like, I don't want to say it like to the group until I've figured it out. So I was like, hey guys, like Mighty Networks is going to be down for the weekend because I'm just updating things. And then I just spent the weekend redoing it. And then I was like, you know what? It's going to be better than it was before. Like there's the reframe. Okay, I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to do it better this time. And then the second one, this this pro- is probably less big. Um, But I just remember it because it happened yesterday and for full context, we've just moved over from PT Hub to Trainrise for Commit to Six. And to say it's been stressful, <laughs> many things have gone wrong. Anyway, I was like, I should probably check that we've actually taken the payments and where those payments have gone. Like, I wonder if it's gone to my normal Stripe or what's happened. Went onto my Stripe. No, just random like $10 payments. And I'd never seen them before. So I was like, have we just taken $10 from people instead of like the actual payment for commit six? I was like, we've re- like, this is a big fuck up. Like, like how have we managed to fuck this up so badly? Like this is like, that is not, but now, you know, that's about, you know, 25,000 pounds that has not been taken. I was like, ah, that's a costly mistake. Right. Um, Anyway, so I was messaging Kimberly and I was like, what's gone on here? Like what we did, like what's happened? But she was like, oh my God, I don't know where these $10 payments come from. What's that for? Anyway, we figured out the $10 payments were a Substack thing. Fine. I didn't even know that was connected, but fine. And then we found that Trainwise had created like its own Substripe. So everything was there and it was fine. But what I realized in that like 30, 30, 40 minutes that I thought that that had happened is I was like, at first I was like, Oh my God, because we just had quite, to be honest, quite a stressful launch. And then I was like, just sitting down on Monday being like, okay, well, it went well, you know, we hit good numbers, like I feel good about stuff, everyone seems happy. And like now I can just focus on coaching and making sure that people get what they've paid for and that they're well supported. And then this happened. I was like, no, I cannot deal with this right now. But honestly, within about five minutes, I was like, okay, well, you know, if that has happened, what do we need to do? Like, how how do we rectify this? What What's the solution going to be here? And I was like, I know that I've got a team in place. I've got people with the right mindset, i.e. me and Kimberly, to figure this stuff out if it has gone wrong. And then the other interesting thing, which isn't um, that relevant directly to business, but I remember when I looked, I was just packing up in a coffee shop and I was like, I'm so hungry. I can't wait to get home and have lunch. And the cortisol or like adrenaline rush from that of being like oh my god something's gone really wrong I was just not hungry 
at all. Like, actually felt quite sick, if anything. Um, but anyway, my point of this was, and, and I just thought that was quite an interesting observation. Probably not that interesting. But the point is, I strongly believe that that space between holy hell, we've messed something up. And okay, right, let's let's figure out this situation. What do we need to do? And then action it. That's the difference between a thriving business and one that fails. How quickly can you bounce back? Can you gain a bit of perspective? Like, will this matter in a week? Will this matter in a month? Will this matter in a year? Okay, right. Well, let's gauge the extent of the mistake and then also respond accordingly instead of catastrophizing. And I and even going back to like deleting the whole AFM course, like the whole AFM course, I remember messaging Kimberly and she was like, oh my God, like how do we get this back? And then we're kind of like, okay, well, it's not coming back. And I'm actually, and like realistically, I had to do all the work, right? But actually just having someone to bounce off and be like, do you know what? Like, I was like, I'm going to just have to redo it, aren't I? And she was like, yeah, you'll redo it and you'll make it better. And just having someone else be like, yeah, okay. Like, this is a situation, but this time we'll make it even better. That's the kind of support that you need, right? And like, that's what I give the coaches on AFM as well. Like, if something goes wrong, it's like, okay, let's figure out what went wrong, how we can improve on it next time, or how we can make sure that doesn't happen again. And let's learn from it and move on. And then how can we turn this shitty situation into a positive because I guarantee you always can. The second thing that I learned or that I was reminded of in the, and now I can't remember what the title of this podcast is. To give full context, I actually just went away, had an hour long one-to-one with Selena where we spoke a lot about not accepting being average, not accepting other people's social norms of average and like how people are like, oh, I can't believe that you'd, I don't know, risk it all for business. And I just think the biggest risk is to waste your life in a job that you don't love, in a life that you're not enjoying, in a relationship that you don't thrive in and blah, 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 all this. Anyway, that's why I'm a bit confused about where I am. But I think I was talking about the four things that I learned from the last few weeks in business. So the second one is, I would rather have less of the right signups than more people sign up, but they're not a good fit. One way to dislike your job is to work with people who you don't like. Um, It makes life draining. If you want to enjoy your job more, then surround yourself with people that you actually want to work with. And I have all the time and energy in the world to coach people that I just think are amazing. So I want to attract more of those people. Like I want to attract people who not only do I really want to help and where like importantly, I know I can have the most impact, but also people who I enjoy coaching. And that's not just to do with their goals, but also their values, their outlook, their personality. For me, it's people who refuse to accept average, who want better, who choose to see positives, who distinctly don't have a dictum, a dictum, a victim mentality. Like I realise that is a strong dislike of mine. Like I just hate being around it. And I also know how much things like that can rub off on you or how much people's standards and views and expectations can rub off on the people around them. And I'm just like, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want the negativity of that. 
I actually can't stand being around really neggy people who like bring other people down or who think that the world is out to get them, who give up when things get hard. Like I think you're so influenced by that, that an attitude is so infectious. And I don't expect people to be absolutely buzzing and positive all the time, but I don't want to feel drained by the people that I work with. Which leads me on to point three, and that is to show more of yourself. I'm sure this isn't groundbreaking, but I think it's often easy to kind of forget the importance of that. Like what inspires you? What motivates you? Because you will attract clients more suited to you and you'll enjoy your job and your content more if you show more of that. Now, complete transparency. We had a Commit to Six launch last week and I realised I just really wasn't enjoying promoting it. And it's not overly surprising. Like, I wrote the course five years ago, right? Even the name cringes me out now. I'm like, my whole messaging is like, long-term behaviour change. And then I'm like, commit to six weeks. What the fuck? Like, doesn't even fucking make any sense anymore. Anyway, there will be a rebrand at some point. But there was just a lot in my head that I was like, I'm not very good at sales. What I am very good at is being passionate about things that I love. And I love the coaching in Commit to Six. And I love the coaches and I know that people get incredible results from it. But it was like, there's something wrong with the messaging. I'm not connecting with it, which means that other people won't. Or at least like, I'm not going to enjoy the marketing of it. So I took a little think and I was like, who is it that I really enjoy coaching? Who do I really enjoy helping? And I started putting out more of that, right? And immediately I enjoyed my content more. I was excited about it. That is contagious as well. And it's actually quite easy to sell when you're excited. Like if I'm excited about something, I remember Shona telling me this once, she was like, you could sell a bag of shit. I was like, yeah, do you know what? If I'm passionate about it and I'm excited about it, like, yeah, I probably could. Like I could sell you something you don't want or need, right? Or that is actually, you know, a bag of shit. But only if I think it's the fucking best bag of shit that's going to change your life. And if I don't genuinely think that, I'm not actually very good at selling, right? So I have to, I have to be excited about it. And I think that's really underrated. I think Alex Hormozzi spoke about this once. He did this, there's a whole series of like how to sell and different tactics to sell and stuff. And then like, I think halfway through, or maybe it was even at the end, he was like, but the one thing is like, it's easy to sell something that you're passionate about that you love, like that's contagious, right? You just have to be relatively good at articulating yourself. And that's a skill, so you can learn that. But it's very hard to sell something. That's when you need more tactics, is when, you, when you're trying to sell something that you don't fully believe in, that you're not fully bought into. Anyway, the fourth thing that I learned is if you don't have a distinct niche, and actually most people don't, they just force it. I've noticed this after working with as many one-to-one coaches on AFM as I have, especially people that have come from other mentorships, it's like, you've been forced into a niche that you don't enjoy because you like you were told that you need to be so specific with it. And then you end up stressing over it because you're like, oh, I need to do this niche or like, oh, I'm not gonna have one or like, I'm still not sure what my niche is. And then you procrastinate and then you don't take action. And then if you, but okay, back to my point. If you don't have a distinct niche, right? And some people do, 
actually, I'm going to do a whole podcast on this. I'm just going to say the lesson and then I'll do the next podcast on niche and how to apply it. But yeah, if you don't have a distinct niche, then you need to have a distinct way of doing something, right? A distinct coaching style. So if you're like, like, you know, half of other coaches, I help women who yo-yo diet. And I can say that sarcastically because that is literally me, right? I help women who yo-yo diet. That's not a distinct niche. But how I do it is nobody does it the way that I do it. So if you don't have a distinct niche, you need to have a distinct coaching style and you need to fucking show people what that is. And not enough people do that either. They're like, oh yeah, I do it differently. How? How is it different? Why is it different? Why should someone sign up with you? If you can't answer why someone should distinctly sign up with you to help them and not somebody else, then you're always going to struggle to sell. It doesn't matter if you've got a great email funnel or this, that, or you run ads or whatever. If you don't have the fundamentals in place, you're just wasting your time and money. So the next podcast will be on how to apply this and what I think most people miss about niche because it's not necessarily what you do. In fact, a lot of us do very similar things, especially if you're a good coach. It's how you do it. If you have enjoyed this episode and you would like to join AFM and have me supporting you to build your business based on your vision, not cookie cutter bullshit, follow my plan and have a generic business like everybody else, but how do we bring the best out in you? Head over to afmentors.com, fill in the application form or book a call with me and let's have a chat and see if we're a good fit.